Dimensions of Grace This message is about grace that empowers you to be fruitful. Pastor encourages to find your strength and boldness in the grace of Lord Jesus Christ. Let's open our Bibles to a couple of scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 and Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Father, I mean of the Holy Spirit and the love of God the Father be with you all. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 Thou therefore my son Thou therefore my son Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus Amen Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Amen. Thou therefore, my son, be strong, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying to Timothy, find your strength, your security, your confidence, your audacity, your boldness in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise be to the name of Jesus. Tonight, you know, in Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says, The blessing of God. All spiritual blessings in the heavenly places God has given to us through Jesus Christ. And the spiritual blessings in one word can be titled as grace. We know the definitions of grace. And I've been studying it. And suddenly I realize it's more than I ever thought it is. The most common one that we are used to is the unmerited favor of God. That is true, but it is more than just that. There are many people who use this word grace, but their lives do not reflect it. Many people who know this theology of grace, but there is nothing to show forth in their lives. They are not walking victoriously they are not prospering they are not strong I mean it's, it's, they've heard the word they've memorized the scriptures but somehow they have not tapped into the grace that God wants them to tap in and enjoy they don't represent the purpose of God to the extent that God would desire of them. 
in 1 peter chapter 5 verse 10 there is somebody with a problem in your throat especially with your nodules the lord is touching and healing you right now 1 peter chapter 5 and verse 10 but the god of all grace see the god of all grace who has called us unto his eternal god of all grace say that with me the god of God of all grace, all grace, which that word itself symbolize. I mean, is means that grace is dimensional. God of all grace, just like God of all wisdom. We know the dimensions of grace. Some of them I have taught it. I hope you have assimilated it or understood it or walking in it. There is something called the saving grace. What is the character of that saving grace? Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. It speaks about you're saved by grace. That's, that's, that, that's a saving grace. You are only a benefactor. You had nothing to do with saving yourself. Nothing to do. Absolutely nothing to do. It's the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. When you hear the gospel, it helps you to believe that the sacrifice of Jesus is sufficient for you. That Jesus shed all of his blood, the forgiveness of your sin, redeemed you from the curse of the Lord, set you free. The grace enables you to believe in the gospel. Any work for your salvation outside of the grace of God is futile. There is nothing you can add to the sacrifice of God. Jesus paid it all. When that grace begins to flow into your life to save you, you begin to understand that you don't have the ability to save yourself. Just like you don't have the ability to create yourself. You have absolutely no way of saving yourself. And you look to Jesus. You look to Jesus. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, who came on this earth died on the cross of Calvary, shed all of his blood for the forgiveness of your sin. You look to that sacrifice of Jesus Christ and you realize, hey, it is for me. Now let me tell you, if that grace of saving grace is not operating in you, you will hear a message like this and say, what is this Christian nonsense? What is this? It means that grace is not operating upon your life. You won't believe. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter stood up and he preached, 3,000 souls were cut to heart and they were saved. So this grace works into your heart. When they heard the message of the gospel, wow, Jesus. And they were saved, the Bible says. That's the saving grace. It is something that you experience deep within. 
Now there is dimensions of grace and there is something we spoke about called the enabling grace. This grace doesn't get things done for you, but empowers you to do it. Amen. Where is that mic? This mic, I am speaking on this mic. Now it is my voice. But this mic amplifies my voice. So if, you know, if this mic is not operating, my voice... But when I use the mic, it amplifies my voice. So enabling graces, whatever I do, the grace enables me, it amplifies my efforts. It amplifies my effort. It's the grace that empowers you. It empowers you to walk in victory. It empowers you to experience healing. When this grace begins to operate in you, let me tell you, there is a faith that is activated in you. Well, if I go to church, where they believe that Jesus heals, and if I go before this man of God, or woman of God, or whoever, who is a believer in Christ, and if they lay hands upon me, I'll be healed. And the man of God also believes that when he lays hands, believing in the word of the Lord, God's grace to heal will flow through his hands. And that person believes that grace will heal that person. You are participating in what God is doing. So every blessing that is there, God's grace enables you to tap into that. It is this grace that enables you to walk in victory. You have a participatory role in this grace. It is like, just imagine this is a tea and this is sugar here, this hot water, the tea leaves are, or whatever is there, the leaves is, the sugar is poured, the water is poured, there's a spoon that stirs it. But I have to take that cup, it has to come to my mouth, I have to drink it, it has to go down my into my system and then I enjoy that tea. That's the participatory role. Everything that God has promised in his word is there. Not for your salvation. Salvation is, I mean, you know, it's just trusting in him, believing in him. But every other book, whether it be prosperity, whether it be deliverance, Christ paid for it all. 
but then there is a participatory role. Abraham, a picture of grace in the Old Testament, even in New Testament, Romans 4 speaks about that. There was a participatory role of her, him having heard the voice of God. Him having obeyed the Lord. Him willing to give up what God asked him to give up. So that's the participatory role that enabled him to enjoy the blessings of God. And faith is that participatory role. Amen. Amen. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews 6 it says, the 12th and the 15th was Abraham by faith and patience enjoyed the blessing of God. So endurance, patience is also something that you do to see this grace operating. So what is this grace of God? Are you still with me tonight? It is a state of consciousness or a disposition to understand the potential or the possibilities that is there in God that you can access through Jesus Christ. It's a state of consciousness. It is the limitless provisions that is available for you. God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings, not some, the limitless possibilities that is available for you. That grace enables you, oh my God, the limitless possibilities that is there in Christ. All that makes God, God is grace. The entire riches of God, His grace. See, you might be sitting in a room, I'm sitting in a very small room here. But there is limitless air. We are conscious of the limitlessness of the air that is here. So there is no insecurity because she is deeming, taking a few more breaths than me. Because there is a limitless amount of oxygen here. And it doesn't matter how many people are there. I don't get insecure because she is taking... <gasps> I don't say, oh my God, don't take in all that air. There is no insecurity. There is no envy to somebody else sitting here who is breathing. I'm not selfish. Why? Because there's a limitless amount of air. Somebody else breathing does not deplete the air that is meant for me. But what happens if there is a shortage of air now? If you have seen the movie Vertical Limit, you know, up in the Himalayas, you know, 
just one oxygen tank and cylinder and then they realizing they're going off breath and then one person is trying to kill the other person because that oxygen tank I need to get it to survive you become envious you kill others because you think just because that person is rich I lost out on my blessing just because that person is being used of God I don't have I don't think God can use me oh my god that person took my place oh my god that person is enjoying what I'm supposed to enjoy that is foolishness you have not become conscious of the limitless supply of God's blessing into your life every one of us can excel prosper be blessed and enjoy without depleting anybody else every one of us can enjoy the provision of God and God won't go bankrupt Oh my God, I can't give you. I just gave that million dollars to that brother. Oh gosh, I can't help your business. You know, the other guy, he prayed for 21 days and he got that blessing. But you just fasted for 20 days. That person fasted for 21 days and took that blessing. No way. Healing is unlimited. Even the passion to serve the Lord is unlimited just because somebody else is on fire for God. Don't feel insecure and say, Oh my God, I wish I was like that person. That which enables that person is what is called grace. And that grace is available for you also in Jesus Christ. Just because somebody else knows the word a little bit deeper. Or is worshipping the Lord for hours. There is still limitless grace available for you to do the same or much more. Whether it be the anointing. Whether it be with your advancement of your call. Whether it be your prosperity. We can never deplete God. If you understood that, if you walk in that grace, I mean, you can actually give without withholding anything for that matter. You experience the love of God, you can give that love to somebody else without withholding. But it's not that when you give, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna be exhausted and oh my God. It means you have not tapped into the grace. You know about grace intellectually, but you're not tapped into that grace. See, would you feel miserable if you gave 100 rupees and you got 10,000 rupees back? You wouldn't. But if you think that 100 rupees that you gave is gone forever, oh my God, I care, it's gone forever. I shouldn't have, oh my God. I don't know what happened to me. I can't, no. You access all the spiritual blessing through Jesus Christ and that is grace you can never access all that God has got for you apart from Jesus you can see somebody being used of God and say oh, I don't want that but the door is Jesus 
you can't receive grace by ignoring jesus you cannot bypass jesus and get grace salvation is by grace by faith but so is mercy so is the anointing of speed so is strength so is wisdom so is favor so it be deliverance anointing whatever all those spiritual blessings is is grace if you understood so much oh boy lift your hands and say thank you jesus thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord
So the different dimensions of grace. The, there is a grace to multiply. Can you open your mouth and say to multiply? To be fruitful. When you study the scriptures in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, the very first thing that God did after creating man was to bless him. Can you imagine that? Look at the heart of God. He wants to bless you. He loves to see his children blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. The 28th verse says, And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over every living that moveth upon the earth. Open your mouth and say, God's grace will help me to be fruitful and multiply. Amen. If you understood that, your house won't be empty. Your business won't be empty. A pastor won't have a church that is with nobody in the hall. There'll be souls that'll come in because the grace is operating. You're not struggling for it. You're not fighting for it. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to make it happen. I believe strongly that there is what is called the power of blessing. When God blesses you, when men, men and women of God bless you, there is, and when God bless, be fruitful, multiply. Whatever you bless is not permitted to be empty or desolate. Sometimes you got to learn to just activate the blessing to move into that level of fruitfulness. Anything that provokes a blessing will bring in multiplication. I will bless your food and water. Can you imagine that? As a matter of fact, there are things that causes you to multiply and enjoy fruitfulness. Even though Christ paid for it on the cross, there are things that when you realize the consciousness of the limitless possibilities that is there in God's word, in God's presence, of all that God can do for you. There's a power called the power of blessing. I value those things, you know. Even when I was married and we wanted to have children, I went and knelt down before my parents and said, bless us. Christ paid the price, definitely. But he, he operates through his church. There is something called the power of the seed that multiplies your blessing. Sakriya chapter 8 verse 12. The 8th chapter of Sakriya. For the seed 
shall be prosperous. For the seed shall be prosperous. Say that with me. For the seed. For the seed. Shall be prosperous. Shall be prosperous. And the wine shall give her fruit. The wine shall give her. And the ground shall give her increase. See that? The seed, whether it be the seed of time, effort. that you put in when you realize grace it will always bring in multiplication otherwise without grace you can put in time effort and then nothing happens nothing happens but something is going to happen to you your story is about to change in the name of Jesus you're going to be so conscious of the presence of God, of the grace of God. You're going to tap into it. The God of all grace is going to release you to multiply and be fruitful and enjoy every blessing that Jesus paid for on the cross of Calvary. Lift up your voice and say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't want, you know, me to work hard and then have nothing to show forth. God wants to be blessed every effort that you put in for whatever. If you understood grace and if you operate in that grace, it's blessed. Lift your hand and say, I sense there is somebody who's going to tap into that tonight. Amen. Amen. There is hard work and there is working hard. The hard work is sweat. You're sweating. That's a part of the curse. Working hard is biblical. You need to work hard. In Genesis 3 and verse 19. Where are we going with this? Because I don't think I'll be able to touch everything tonight. With the tonight. sweat <laughs> of thy face. Ah, with the sweat of thy face. Shall thou eat bread. Yeah. Till thou return unto the ground. Ah. For out of it was thou taken. See, the, with the sweat, of, that's when the curse came. You need to work. You need to work hard. That's when you are in the grace of God. But God doesn't want you to sweat and toil and hard work and then lose your health and lose your time with your family, with your friends, all that. No. You know, I realize something and please understand this properly because otherwise, and, and please don't feel offended. God does, God wants, I, I sense, God wants to take away your middle class mentality. When you study scriptures, it's either the top or the bottom. There's nothing in the middle. Is either something in the top or at the bottom. You cannot be somewhere in the middle. <laughs> the middle class men, you know, it's 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 almost like you know, you're gonna treat some friends of yours and you wanna take them all out for 
a meal, you plan it, you prepare, you save up money to take them all out, take them all out, and then you're all seated around the table, and then you're known the cost of all the things that is to be brought to the table, and then you ask them to order, and everybody's ordered. They look at each one's plate and say, finish it, brother. You enjoying it? Finish it. <laughs> finish it. Finish it. It's good, good, good. In that one hour of mealtime, you would have tell at least, told at least 20,000 times to the person sitting next to you, finish it. F- finish it. Finished it. Until somebody gets up and says, John 19.30, it is finished. It's finished on the cross of Calvary. <laughs> 2,000 years ago. There's a takeaway box also in case you don't finish it. (laughs) What I'm trying to tell you is the grace of God. Luke 22 verse 44. The Bible says Jesus sweated blood in the garden. He took that sweat. He shed his blood to remove that pain of labor without enjoying fruit. So tonight in the name of Jesus may the grace consciousness come into your heart and your soul that your labor, your work, whatever you do, may you see the fruitfulness that God wants you to have in that. Amen. Praise be to the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and say, I receive the grace of God. Receive the grace of God. Amen. If you're conscious of the grace, Look at Jeremiah chapter 30. Simple things that you learn to do. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 19. Things that activate the grace to operate. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. Ah. And the voice of them that make merry. See the, there is a power in praise or thanksgiving. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. Ah. And the voice of them that make merry. Yes, and, and read will, on. And I will multiply them. See, and immediately it says, I will multiply them. them. And they shall not be few. And they shall not be few. Look at somebody and say, have you praised God today? Have you praised God today? Have you thanked Him enough? He's done it all on the cross. You learn to thank Him. You, it's a lifestyle of praise. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Praise God. He's given you a garment of praise and not a garment of oppression. Lift up your voice and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When you do that, there is something that is happening in the spiritual realm. Yokes are broken. Glory to God. There is grace abounding upon you. The grace to multiply and enjoy the fruitfulness of God. Praise is like a fertilizer. It fertilizes your seed. It brings out fruitfulness. In Acts 2 and verse 49, 47, it says the early church, they were praising God and the ones who were saved were added unto them. Read on. Praising God 
and having favor praising god and having favor with all the people yes and the lord added to the church and, daily and the lord added to the church so when you begin to praise god the favor of god begins to abound and things are added into your life souls are coming into the church that you are pastoring or ministering why because you have a lifestyle of praise frowning won't bring you increase frowning won't give you a child being serious and being stiff won't give you a good marriage 1 Samuel 1 and verse 17 to 19 lack of time i won't make you read it hannah she went into the temple she prayed she was crying 18th verse her countenance changed 19th verse god remembered her god remembered her when her countenance changed glory to god amen until you learn to thank him and praise him and rejoice in him doesn't matter what the situation is it doesn't matter how many people are provoking you or attacking you or belittling you or until you learn to go into the house of god or into your prayer room and lift up your voice and thank the lord glory to god blessed be the name of jesus and find joy in the lord your god's remembrance won't come into your life the grace to multiply to be fruitful Ezekiel 36 37 38 one more scripture we pray together Ezekiel 36 37 38 Thus says the Lord God This also I will be persuaded to do mm. for the house of Israel mm. See I'll be persuaded to for the house of Israel to multiply them like sheep mm. to multiply them like sheep like sheep for sacrifice mm. like the sheep of Jerusalem on its feast days mm. the ruined cities thus says the lord god i will yet for this be inquired by the house of israel which version did you read when you pray when you inquire the lord says i will make you to inquire of me to pray to me i will cause you to approach me those are the versions to pray why that i might increase them so even prayer times without grace doesn't cause increase a consciousness that god's all of god's riches are for you all of god's blessing is for you god is a god of all grace there are dimensions of grace amen hallelujah i have realized one thing that 
especially this grace of fruitfulness and multiplication always happens when you realize you know this like i said you know there is a part enabling grace expects you to do to be a participant now one of the participatory roles of this grace is in john 12 and verse 24 it says there unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies it cannot bring forth fruit read on verily verily i say unto you yes except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone see many are abiding alone you don't have a partner you don't have children why because you're too full of yourself things don't grow around a person who is not tied to the self you don't know how to give god glory you're so full of yourself god does things for you don't know how to thank him you parade yourself you want to make yourself so visible you don't know how to give god the glory you have your own set of things you're so full of yourself what you want what you desire and unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies it abideth alone you're alone there's no multiplication no fruitfulness god cannot add anything into your life this grace leads you to die to yourself so that christ can be visible to give jesus the glory it doesn't allow you to be proud it makes you to lean on christ to humble yourself you know i i've i've counseled people and i sometimes you know people who are empty one of the things that i've seen is they're so full of themselves whether it be ambition whether it be whatever they know it all Christ Jesus cannot radiate through them. Oh, may that not be you. If you are alone, you haven't died. It is as simple as that. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And the last one and I John 15 and verse 5. John 15 and verse 5. I am the wine. I am the wine. You are the branches. You are the branches. He that abideth in me. He that abideth in me. And I in him. And I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. The same bringeth forth much fruit for without me you can do nothing. Nothing. this grace will always make you to abide in christ it's an unbroken communion with your master with your lord 
the different dimensions of grace. 1 Peter 5 verse 10, I close with that. Look at that. 1 Peter 5 verse 10. But the God of all grace, God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory, yes, by Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. after that you have suffered a while, yes, make you perfect. See, the grace of God will make you perfect. perfect. Establish. Establish. The grace of God will establish you. Strengthen. Strengthen you. And settle you. And settle you. Settle you into fruitfulness. Into blessings. Into all the spiritual blessing that is available in Christ. It will settle you into it. Into multiplication. Into fruitfulness. After you have suffered a little while, the grace of God will establish you and settle you. Will perfect you. It is the grace that settles you. Perfects that which concerns you.